I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. OSU is headed back to Houston. The Cowboys were there just last month for a Big 12 game against the Cougars, but now it's bowl time. OSU versus Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. We'll talk about the matchup, the stakes, and much more. But before we get to any of that, we want to thank these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, Next Gen Roofing, Two Fellas Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And if you're getting ready to move, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end at moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Well, Barry, Texas A&M awaits OSU in Houston. And for starters, this is part flashback, part futuristic. I mean, Texas A&M and OSU played some Big 12 games during uh, A&M's Big 12 days. There were some fun matchups. Now Texas A&M, soon to be an OU opponent in the SEC, kind of feels like a back-to-the-future game right now. Yeah, it does. And it's also, you know, it's such a strange matchup with the Cowboys fairly settled, fairly stable, A&M in total turmoil. Um, I, I like to think back to that rivalry. You know, there was a time 20 years ago when the prevailing theory from somebody like me was OSU needs to catch Texas Tech. If they catch Texas Tech, they, it'll be a nice step. And probably can't catch Texas A&M, and we, we won't even talk about Texas. Well, it turns out in the last 12 years, uh, they've not only uh, caught Tech, they caught A&M, they caught Texas, for crying out loud, in terms of success. So A&M was sort of a measuring stick in the early days of the Big 12, and Cowboys held their own with the Aggies, eventually uh, caught the Aggies. A&M went on to the SEC, sort of sort of uh, produced a, a, a profile of superiority that was not warranted, but they had the excuse of being in the SEC. The SEC is getting tired of, of that, I think. Uh, A&M fans are even getting tired of it. So um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We might see some more bowl games between the Aggies and the Cowboys. But this is going to be, it's going to be a treat. Aggie, uh, the Aggie band will be there. We both miss the Aggie band. Yep. It'll be, uh, should be a good atmosphere. Both, you know, both teams are not, neither team's happy to be in Houston, I don't think. But, um, but it's ge good geography. Cowboys, you know, can get down there easy. A&M's backyard. So yep. I think it's going to be a good bowl game, uh, just the setting. Uh, as far as bowl games go, and and then the historic nature of the rivalry uh, certainly enhances that. Yeah, you know, I think about uh, OSU going to Texas A&M over the years, and some really interesting games that played out down there in College Station um, over the years. I, I think about one that there was a very late in the game roughing the punter uh, penalty that hurt Oklahoma State, ended up losing that game. Had AM on the ropes, a pretty good AM team for, for my memory. Um, so, some really good games uh, over the years. Uh, one in Stillwater that I, I think was, was won by a, a field goal at the end. So, 
some pretty dramatic games between OSU and AM over the years. Um, one of the more dramatic ones, Barry, you were there for. I didn't travel to this one, but that was the post 9-11 game between OSU and Texas AM. I I've seen the pictures. I remember watching on TV. That was that was a setting and a situation that very few other teams have in common after uh, what what happened on 9-11. Yeah, it was, you know, it was uh I think, what was it, 11 days, I think, uh, maybe, yeah, 11 days after, maybe 10 days after 9-11, and most teams didn't play. Most people took two and a half weeks off, um, sort of to readjust the calendar and, and get their moorings back after the national tragedy. But OSU and A&M played. They had the huge American flag on the field. Uh, we drove, we flew down uh, to, uh, all the way to College Station, if my memory serves, and we flew on planes with about, I don't know, 10 or 15 people on the plane, wow. you know, commercial jetliner. So a strange situation. That was Les Miles' first team. Uh, A&M dominated. But there were some other really uh, historic games. Uh, I think of the 2011 game, which uh, Cowboys won 30 to 29. A&M was considered one of the Big 12 favorites. And the Cowboys uh, beat them 30-29, set off the great, Big 12 title season. I also think back, maybe the most memorable game to me was 1997. Bob Simmons, really good OSU team, had a, uh, what was it? They had a 15-point lead midway through the fourth quarter, lost in overtime. If the Cowboys win that game, they would have been in the Big 12 championship game uh, at the end of that season. And that would have been a really big, monumental uh, strike for uh, Bob Simmons. His program... Didn't really ever uh, get back to that pinnacle. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a good – you mentioned some of the, the, the late game dramatics. It's been a good, really good series. And, you know, I think when you look at college football, the way it's going with everybody moving around, conference realignment, you leave people behind, um, you, you br- welcome new people in. Uh, A&M's going to be back in the league with Oklahoma and Texas, and the Cowboys are going to be in a league with uh, – bunch of interesting new teams, Utah, Colorado with Dion, Arizona schools, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you miss the old guys. And A&M, OSU certainly had a really good series. Yeah, and you mentioning, obviously, A&M, SEC, OU playing one of those future Big 12 opponents for uh, Oklahoma State. I, uh, neither A&M is not on OU schedule and Arizona is not on OSU schedule for next year. But obviously, those are opponents down the line that you would expect both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State to play at some point. But um, it, it's interesting. I, I don't. To me, Barry, when A and M made the move to the SEC, everybody understood why it was to break free of Texas. It was to be uh, out uh, out from under the shadow of, of Texas. Now, obviously, they're back in the same conference. I know the money has been great for any SEC member, Texas A and M included. But I wonder if there's any lament. I suspect not. But, you know, Texas A&M, it hasn't exactly been great. And you think about where these two programs are coming into this game. Oklahoma State has to feel really positive about the future. Seemingly, uh, you know, avoiding a bunch of guys in the portal. A&M just had to fire Jimbo Fisher and pay him, you know, almost $80 million to go away and not coach. And so there's just... It really feels like A&M is still very much sort of flailing at this point. So I don't know if that's, that's a, a direct connection to their SEC ties, but it does feel a little bit like, you know, when you look at where these two programs are, if you're Oklahoma State, you have to feel good about going into this game, but also the future, whereas A&M, lots of question marks, not only in this Texas Bowl, but moving forward. 
Yeah, you know, A&M's an interesting place. Because when I look back at Arkansas leaving the Southwest Conference, when I look back at Nebraska leaving the Big 12, you know, my sense is the fans put up a good front. And they say, we're glad we're here. It's a better, more high-profile conference. All those things that are true. But they sort of miss the old rivalries. Arkansas really has not come up with a good rival in the SEC. Anything to get their passions like Texas did. And Nebraska certainly hasn't found anything like like even Colorado, much less yeah. the Sooners in yeah. the Big Ten. Um, but they also miss sort of the the success that they had in those leagues. And part of that is because the SEC is really, really tough. And part of it is because those programs have not been as good. And when you look at A&M, I don't think A&M's that way. I think they're just happy as a bird and just as free, <laughs> even though they haven't had the success. Because they do enjoy that status. And they do enjoy that idea that, hey, we left Texas behind, and we left Texas behind in an inferior conference. And they've, they've made great hay with, uh, on the recruiting portal. Uh, yep. I shouldn't use the word portal. It's got a different – on the recruiting grounds, they've made, a, they've made uh, great strides in their SEC days. They've out-recruited Texas most of the time or much of the time. And even though they haven't had great success, even though their success rate is about what it was in the Big 12, that enhanced status, I think, is a source of pride for the Aggies. What we don't know is how will that change now that they've let the uh, Fox back into the hen house and they're going to be in a league with Texas. You know, um, I'm convinced A&M got a pretty good schedule for 2024, the, new, the SEC. They don't have Alabama. They don't have Georgia. I think that's penance from the SEC for mm. Finally saying, for, for griping about Texas coming back and saying, well, okay, finally, you know, gave up. And I think the SEC will try to treat you right. And that's one way. So it would be interesting to see if the Aggies still enjoy the SEC experience now that they're going to have to share it with the hated Longhorns. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when uh, we were coming up on the final Bedlam football game, I talked to some Texas and Texas A&M people about their split um, back in the day. And one of the Texas A&M folks I talked to acknowledged that, you know, they did lose that rivalry with Texas and there wasn't the natural, you know, we're going to go beat these guys. This is who we are wanting to go toe to toe with every year. Um, they replaced the Texas game on Thanksgiving week with LSU. Obviously, you know, LSU has been very good uh, in the last decade, last decade and a half. So, you know, they've had some really good games. Obviously, when you have a Thanksgiving week game uh, every other year down at Baton Rouge, down at Death Valley, you know, it's a heck of a matchup. Then you get Texas A&M hosting LSU there, you know, in at Kyle Field, home of the 12th man, all that stuff. So two very robust home atmospheres. But it's not that rival. It's not that tradition that has been, you know, forged over decades and decades. So I know that Texas A&M people will say we don't, you know, we don't like that Texas is coming back into the league. But at the same time, getting to have that rivalry back, I don't necessarily know that everybody, you know, that's a Texas A&M person laments that they're that, that, that Texas is back just because they get to have that in-state rival again. They get to rekindle some of what was lost there. So it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out on the field and as it relates to the football, not necessarily the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, if you're the Aggies, you sort of got to think, 
man, why didn't we get to play these guys these last yeah. 12 years? They, they why now? That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they finally gotten good again, and now we got to play them. Um, A&M has had the better team than Texas the majority of the last dozen years. Yeah. And, I mean, they both had have been mostly disappointing, but I think A&M a little bit less so. Um, but they're catching Texas on the upswing, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, that's one of the things about Texas is they're going in the SEC, and they get to take their rival with them, at the Sooners, and they get to yeah. meet the old ancient rival waiting on them. Um, so it, it's sort of a good setup for Texas. Uh, we'll see how it works out for A&M. And, of course, A&M, starting over, you mentioned Jimbo's out. Uh, he's no. just not been – uh, you know, wasn't successful at all for a coach making, you know, six hundred thousand dollars a year, much less uh, eight nine million, with a buyout approaching yeah. the uh, you know the uh, national debt of uh, Columbia. But when you look at uh, when you look at A and M, Mike Elko coming in from Duke, former Aggie defensive coordinator, so he knows the lay of the land. I think that's important in College mm-hmm. Station because it's a little bit of a strange place. It's a different place. It's one of the more unique cultures in college football, and I think familiarity is important there. So I think Elko proved he's a good coach at Duke, no doubt about it. So I think that's a pretty good hire, and uh, that doesn't really help him for this bowl game. Coordinators are gone. Jumbo Fisher's gone. They've got, uh, you know, the the exodus is rampant in the portal. This This is a shell of a football team. Does that matter against a team that, We'll have most hands on deck and from Stillwater. I think that's certainly an advantage for OSU. So this is a game the Cowboys, by all rights, should win if you yeah. look at, at the way the teams are and the way teams, the things that have happened. But you never know how a team might rally. So uh, I, do like, I do like this advantage for OSU just because A&M is team turmoil right now. They really are, yeah. And even, you know, obviously the firing of Jimbo Fisher – coming before the season was over, leaving the interim tag on Elijah Robinson to finish out the season. Now he's headed to Syracuse, but still going to coach Texas A&M. He had a press conference today, actually, and was talking about, you know, when he's at the facility, it's all about Texas A&M. And when he's not, it's all about Syracuse. It's got to be a weird, it's got to be a weird thing for him, but it's definitely got to be weird for the guys around him, whether it's assistants or players or whatever, you know, it's just... It's a bizarre situation, so you've got that. You even had, before they get Elko hired, they had Mark Stoops apparently hired and then not hired. There was sort of a false start there with him. So there's just been a lot of, you know, a lot of them trying to find their footing. I'm, I'm like you, Barry. I don't, I don't know that I feel super fantastic about Mike Elko, but it feels like to me that after, you know, what's happened recently, Jimbo Fisher, they really have struggled offensively defensively they still seem to be pretty good they you know have had one of the better run defenses in the country allowing a little over 100 yards a game so that's going to be interesting to see against Ollie Gordon in this OSU run game but offensively they have really really struggled you know and Elko goes to Duke and if you can if you can win at Duke surely you can go to Texas A&M and get some stuff done I mean I understand there are more variables when it comes to you know, your, your boosters and all the people that you have to answer to. It's different at A&M than it is at Duke related to football. But, you know, yes, what you said, he has been there. He knows what it's about. He's recruited to Texas A&M. He's coached at Texas A&M. He's seen that inner working. So 
I don't necessarily know if I feel like I'm ready to, you know, put down a flag and say, yes, Mike Elko is going to be successful in College Station. But, you know, it feels like there are some good signs pointing that he can get things going forward. But, you know, it's never going to be easy when you're in the SEC. That's for sure. And I mean, it's definitely not going to be easy in this bowl game either, because as as we, we were talking, you know, OSU does have Ollie Gordon, so they got that going for him. I think it is big advantage OSU down at the Texas Bowl. I mean, I, unless unless you got something that you know that I don't, I feel like OSU's got way more guys ready to go, way higher caliber of guys, and frankly, that motivation to get out there and you know, beat A&M, I think is probably going to be pretty high for OSU. Yeah. You know, when you're playing for a coach, it's not even going to be your coach next year. That's a you know a staff. That's not going to be all your staff. I mean, that's just a, that's just a strange situation. Let me ask you something, Jacko. Why would Mark Stoops want that job in the first place? <laughs> I mean, Texas A&M's got a much higher upside than Kentucky, yeah. but Kentucky's a pretty good job. They're eat up with basketball. So uh, they're loyal to football. They do a great job. The Commonwealth Stadium, they have it it's actually Kroger Field or something, but Commonwealth Stadium, uh, very good crowd. Very, it's sort of like an Iowa State football crowd. They've not had a lot of reason to, to be loyal, but they are. And um, no pressure. They really yeah. care about basketball more than football. That's a goldmine for it. If you can, if you can handle that, the 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 idea that you might be second class citizen, even though you're well supported and well funded, that's a golden job. And yeah. I don't know why he'd want to go into the pressure cooker of A and M. Maybe he just thought, you know, I want to I want to start coaching as many great players as I can, which he'd get more at A and M. I I get it, but that surprised me that he would think about about the job in Ag in Aggie Land. I wonder. Do you think it might have been as much about you know he's been at Kentucky for a while. I mean, I don't know if he has ever thought, hey, I want to I want to live out my career here. But do you kind of get to a point if you've been at a place for a while where if you don't look around at least or, or maybe express interest in some other jobs that people start to think, well, he's never going to leave. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know if Mark Stoops aspiration is wherever. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's get back to Iowa. I don't know if it's get to the Big Ten because, you know, they have those Ohio roots. I, I don't know. But I, is that it that you just sort of feel like, oh, I got to I gotta let it be known that I'm looking around a little bit. And then lo and behold, A&M said, we want you. I mean, I don't know. That that makes, and the, I'm sure the money was fantastic. I mean, let's be honest. If A&M's going to pay Jimbo Fisher almost 80 mil, mil to leave, I'm sure the contract was going to be significant for Mark Stoops, probably even above and beyond of any, anything he'd ever get at Kentucky. Well, maybe it's no more complicated than this. There is no more SEC East. You know, every, all the teams in the East have sort of been on a gravy train for a long time because they've had to deal with Georgia, but Florida's been up and down. Tennessee's been mostly down. Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, not great pedigrees. Over there in the SEC West, it was you know rough. Uh, it, it it was a lion's den every week. All of us now, all the teams going to be put together. Not such an easy time in the SEC East. Maybe that was it. Um, Maybe is, is there a way to uh, looking at A and M OSU? Is there a way to even strategize this game? Like the Aggies, good against the run this year. I think you said one hundred six point seven yards a game rushing defense, which is very good. 
and would be a sign of uh, a, a problematic sign for OSU, which likes to run the ball with Ollie Gordon. But the Aggies lost a lot in the portal. Some of their defensive linemen are going. Yeah. Um, is there a way to even project how this game could just play out in terms of weaknesses and strengths and those kinds of things? It feels hard to. I mean, this is the type of game I assume if if you're a betting person, you don't even touch this because even today I mentioned that uh, there was press conferences down in uh, College Station today. I got the feeling listening to the press conference that it's not exactly clear who's going to be available for Texas A&M. They've basically left the door open to players that have put their name in the portal. They want to keep showing up for practice. They can keep coming to practice and maybe playing the bowl game. Some of the guys have come back and practiced with the team. Some have not. But it doesn't sound like if you haven't that you're necessarily out. It was very strange to listen to. So in my mind, I don't know how Mike Gundy, I don't know how his staff is approaching this. I think they probably just have to look at it as, hey, let's, and Gundy uses this type of language all the time. We're just going to do what we do. And I think at, at this point, I think you just have to kind of plan to play it pretty straight down the middle because you really don't know. I mean, if, if A&M had all its, its guys on defense, I think you would be more concerned about your run game. But at this point, it doesn't, even if some of them show up, you know, in the next few days to practice, are they really going to be in a place to, you know, dramatically impact the game? I don't know. It just feels very squishy. I got to think OSU is at least a little bit, you know, untethered feeling like they don't know who they're going to face here. But I think for them, they have to feel like they're coming into it with a position of strength because they know what they're about. They're going to have pretty much all of their guys, all of their main players, their big contributors on the field, unless something changes dramatically in the short term, they're going to have all those guys out there. So I think they have to see this as a chance to go out and just impose their will on Texas A&M. You know, and it's been a common theme in bowl games the last year, two, three, whenever players started opting out and, you know, your star players basically failing to endorse bowl games is bowl games beyond, below the playoff have sort of become not the end of this season, but the, the start of next season. And if that's the case, a team like OSU, this clearly is not the start of A&M's 24 season. Coaching even there, you know, this is sort of just a let's get it over with game. But for OSU, Gundy going to be the coach. Um, the stars are sort of in place. You sort of know what kind of team, who's going to be on the team, who's going to be coaching it. So to me, this would be a very good game to win and sort of use as a launching pad to next season. So yeah, I think bowl games clearly are not as important to the participants, the coaches, the players, as they are to fans who sit there and watch loyally. Um, heck, I went to what was it? We had a uh, we had a family event at my brother-in-law's house Saturday night, and uh, I went at halftime of the Steeler game, thinking I'll get up there and watch watch the Steelers on NFL Network. And my brother-in-law is watching Jacksonville State and whoever they're playing in whatever bowl they're playing in. And I'm thinking, my goodness, will you watch if it's got a college football name on it? Will you watch anything? Is that what's <laughs> going on here? So the fans still are in, they're entrenched with the bowls. Yeah, but this is a this is actually could be a really big game for OSU. Beat a name squad like A and M, launch yourself towards next season. I think this is this game is more important. I think 
for OSU than it is for A&M. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of guys that, like you say, are going to be part of part of what happens next year are going to be in there. So I think it is going to be important. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, Oklahoma State hasn't had, at least near as we know, a lot of guys that are opting out. A few guys in the portal, obviously, but not a lot of guys saying we're not playing. So I wonder how they may try to um, use some younger guys at some positions where maybe they feel like they are going to have um, some older guys that are are leaving are you know out of eligibility. You know, do they try to defensive line is one of those areas I look at and say, you know, do you try to get maybe some younger guys out there uh, because you do have some veterans that are going to be gone next year just out of eligibility. So are there some areas where maybe you do that? I think that could happen. But yeah, I mean, I think this could be a very good building block for Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, Barry, is interesting. I was thinking just four years ago, these two teams played each other at the Texas Bowl. A&M won that night. It was 24-21. Drew Brown, blast from the past name for OSU fans, quarterback the Cowboys that night. Juba Hubbard also there for the Cowboys. But, you know, since then, uh, obviously OSU's had a couple Big 12 title game appearances. They've also had a 7-6 and six season. We were talking about A&M and sort of the state of the Aggies, but you know, what, when you think about OSU since they were last at the Houston Bowl, where did things sort of stand for OSU in your mind? I mean, we're talking about stars in place. It sounds pretty good, but how do you feel or how do you think OSU fans should feel about, you know, just the last four or five years for this program? I think they should feel very strongly. It's been a good, it's been a good, uh, it's been a good run these last four seasons. You look at what they've done last season, 2022, very disappointing, seven and six. They were six and one, ranked ninth in the country, fall off the cliff the last half of the season. The other three years were strong. That COVID year, 2020, Cowboys go eight and three, and they had two non-conference games wiped out. I think the Cowboys were going to win them both. One was Oregon State in Stillwater, and the other was uh, whatever rum dum they were playing. I don't know. But I think they get to 10 and three and 21. They they finish first in the Big 12 standings, lose that epic Big 12 championship game to Baylor, but go to the Fiesta Bowl, beat Notre Dame, finish what? 11, uh, 11 and 10, 2. 12, I think. Or they finish 11 and 2. Yep. And then this season, you beat AM, you're back to 10 wins, a 10 and 4. If you, get, if you win double digit victories three out of four years in Stillwater, that's a good stretch. Yep. And that's really, if you, if you count the 2020 which would have been in a normal year, I think a 10-win season. That's a good run. So this has been since the Cowboys, you know, in 19, OSU has was eight years removed from the Big 12 title, six years removed from the 13 season when they should have won the Big 12 title. And they'd basically been a really good program, but hadn't been great. And I think in the last four years, they've, they've sort of rebooted and done a really nice job of winning football games. Well, you talk about double-digit wins. Cowboys win this one. It's a double-digit win season. So even though we've talked about how hard this game is to peg, let's talk score predictions. I got OSU winning, and I think just the uncertainty at at, uh, Texas A&M, I'm going to go with the Cowboys by at least a couple scores. I'll go 31-17. Well, that's interesting. I'm going to go a little bit closer. I'm going to go 27-17 OSU. Um, you just never know though. Um, I mean, when you were talking about, uh, the Aggies today, talking about who's on the team, they don't even know. Can't even practice special teams. How do you even practice 
you know, getting guys on and off the field in a timely manner for special teams. That's the kind of thing that's driving me nuts thinking about it. So uh, <laughs> a lot of challenges for this interim staff in OA, at A&M, but they got a lot of players and they got a lot of good players. Not all of them went in the portal. So athletically, OSU uh, will still have a very difficult game, but uh, you block a little bit, which they've been able to do. You run Ollie Gordon quite a bit, which they've been able to do. Probably get this thing done. I'll I'll take the Cowboys 27-17. All right. Well, it won't be long before we get to find out exactly what that score does look like. Remember, it's OSU and Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl, 8 p.m. kickoff on December 27th. We'll have all sorts of coverage of the Cowboys at selloutcrowd.com. And you can check us out there or at barrytrammell.com or jenny-carlson.com. This happens to be your first time hearing or watching us. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.